got a big red cherry nose. Santa's got a big red cherry nose. Who laughs this way? Ho ho ho. Santa laughs this way. Ho ho ho. Ho ho ho. Cherry nose. Get on it. Sue that's red. Special night. Here that's right. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Must be Santa. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the In Real Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Samino, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Johnson. Hello, Andrew. Do you really think we could pull this off again, Steve? You really? <laughs> that's pretty good. That's the, that's extreme. I don't even remember them saying that explicitly in this movie, but obviously... Oh, it's, it's a it's, line. I'm sure it is, and even, if not, it's the whole premise of the film, mostly, so even if they didn't utter it, I would know exactly what you're referring to. But I mean, I delivered it with more authenticity and more <laughs> acting chops. Oh, than... we're going to talk all about Vanessa Hudgies. Don't worry about that. I can't wait to talk Hudgies. Before we get to Hudgies, though, we're on the In Real Deep podcast. Welcome. We are back. And we are talking holiday films. We are talking sometimes Christmas classics. This time, not so much. And the reason it's not so much is because our Christmas guru tasked us with this film. I'm speaking, of course, of Sam Johnson. Hello, Sam. Hi there. Um, you can't put it all on me this year. Uh, since you guys actually had some, uh, you know, autonomy in, in all of this. That's, that's true. true. It's and, Andrew, you're the culprit this time. Suppress the twist. Yeah, I could have stopped all of this, I suppose. You could have stopped all of this, but instead we all watched The Princess Switch, colon, switched again, also known as The Princess Switch 2, starring the aforementioned Vanessa Hudgens and a bunch of other people who don't matter. So, it's not a good movie. I, I mean, I, Sam will probably debate that. We're going to allow him his time to rebut. It's a made-for-Netflix movie. It has a lot of the traits I would associate with a made-for-Netflix movie. Uh, I would call those traits flaws. But before we get too into that, let's talk about what we're drinking while we talk about this very interesting feature film. I have a Bud Light Seltzer again, the ginger snap flavor this time, which I would say is the best <laughs> of the four Christmas-themed Bud Light Seltzers. Very very appropriate for this, this episode. Um... I so I I I wanted to get in the holiday spirit, uh, but I didn't for this because this movie is so bad. I, I just want <laughs> I just want Sam especially to know that I have the most delicious eggnog I've had in my entire life uh, downstairs. And when we actually watch a good Christmas movie, I'll I'll drink eggnog with you and get very thick phlegmy throats uh, together <laughs> with you while we talk about these movies. But I'm not going to do that for this one. Uh, I am drinking my favorite Christmas beer, though, which is which I know I've drank, drank, drank in this series before, which is the Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA, which, in my opinion, is the only Christmas beer that you actually need in your life. Um, and uh, so that's what I'm drinking. It's it's in, I, I I don't know. I, I don't have any Bud Light seltzers to. <laughs> Nor dunk should on you, honestly. Movie. I would gladly trade mine for yours if we could do a one for one. So. I'm, I'm gonna dunk on this movie in different ways, but yeah, <laughs> that's honestly just like really hurtful, and I don't know why you would do that to Hudge. 
<laughs> we're gonna talk so much Hudgies, Sam. I promise. We're gonna—that's th- the movie. Like we can't three times the Hudgies. Like we're gonna have that's—that's that's the only thing that's worth discussing is just non-stop Hudgies. My notes Spoiler literally alert. say another Hudgies in caps and a third Hudgies. I wrote on caps. Me too. Me too. I couldn't. That was a that was a fun twist. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but that was the most exciting part when the third Hudgies is revealed. I didn't think. I didn't even look at the poster. I should have known there was a third Hudgies, but I really had no idea. When, yeah. when we're not talking about Hudgens, it's, the rest of this episode is just going to be us all typing into IMDb, like, who is the actor that plays this? Because there's no one else that is yeah. even remotely noticeable. All right, before we get into it, Sam, what are you, Sam, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a beer called Dino S'mores, which is an Imperial Marshmallow Stout. Wow. It's, it's 10.5%, and <laughs> I... I bought this beer last week because I thought I would like it, and then I don't. It doesn't taste good. <laughs> so are you are you basically choking it down for this one? Mm. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I think that's my overall take on the movie uh, as well. So. <laughs> oh, so it's yeah, a thematic so, uh, beverage and beyond just the Christmas theme. Yeah, it's just, you know, I'm big on symbolism and themes, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, well, we have nothing to talk about in that regard. <laughs> for the next hour. So, so, I guess the beer has to stand in for, uh, for any deeper meaning. Speaking of deeper meanings and themes and symbolism, Andrew, tell us because you made us watch this movie. Tell us about the Princess Switch Switch again. What is this for anyone who didn't watch? God bless you, and now you'll learn what this movie is. My 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 plot synopsis. Yeah. So (laughs) actually, I watched because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, I actually watched the first Princess Switch before I watched this one because I wanted to make sure I understood the full Belgravian universe. Um, and, uh, and so, I mean, I can do a little bit of a recap of that one, although they kind of did it in Princess Switch too. So I guess I'd be just be kind of recapping the synopsis with it. Anyway, uh, what happens in this movie? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens has a very distant relative. Uh, well, she's a baker in Chicago, probably around the corner from Sam's house. Um, Sam, is that why you like and... this movie? Cause of this, cause you, cause Hudgies lives in your, on your turf. I like how uh, I like how Netflix leans into Chicago. I think they have a lot of B-roll. I mean, I think this is the best Chicago movie, right? I think we have to say, yeah, like, and and certainly even in the Christmas department, at least, right? It's certainly better than Home Alone. Um, yeah. um, and she figures out that she has, uh, she looks like a soon-to-be royal named Margaret. And then they go. This is Princess Switch one, by the way, for those of you who aren't are already lost. Um, I know it can get very confusing. <laughs> uh, they she ends up at a cooking competition. They switch identities, and they Stacy, the Chicago baker, falls in love with the prince, and Margaret falls in love with uh, a guy named Kevin, who looks somewhat like Russell Wilson pick up princess switch Two. things have gone south for margaret and russell wilson and um i assume because russell wilson's married to sierra um or celibate and then that was, that was an issue for a while there too yeah well not anymore they have like three kids <laughs> yeah. um, 
and then so then Margaret is somehow going to become a royal as well of a different country that I don't know the name of, but it's just as made up as Belgravia. Montanaro. Montanaro. Sorry. Thank you, Sam. Uh, by the way, all of these country names sound like they're going to set off World War One, but yeah, everyone <laughs> is British in, that, in this, so that we have to talk about that. Like, they're all British. <laughs> and that's really, I mean, that's the first jumping off point for Vanessa Hutchins. She has like literally the worst British accent. It's like sub high school play British accent, um, which is extra interesting because Princess Switch 2 introduces a third relative that looks like uh, Stacy and Margaret named Fiona, who, as far as I can tell, is basically a very bad version of Jamma from the SNL sketch. Steve, you probably don't get that because you don't watch it. No, I know Sam does. <laughs> and I do not. Um, hijinks ensue. It kind of turns into a really bad Guy Ritchie movie, um, but also a big reminder that royal royalty is terrible. Um, and then what else can I say? Uh, I think the one thing I want to conclude with is that Mrs. Donatelli is the real hero here. I think, I think that's like, she's the only person that is worth a damn. Who's played not, by Sue Ann Brown? Braun. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, I'm done now. <laughs> I, that, that was my last note. Mrs. Donatelli is the best. She was very She's nice. My favorite character. Oh well, I think the other thing I want to talk about, probably at length later, is that there is a guy in both Princess Switch One and Princess Switch Two, who is literally there to just offer the characters encouragement. And in Princess Switch One, he's called Kindly Man. Yeah, was he Princess was he Switch a ghost 2, or like an angel or something? Is that ever made clear? Very unclear. I I think I, I, think I turned wow. to my girlfriend. I was like, is this is this a, is this supposed to be like something, some mystical? But he's but he's a, is it the same guy? Let's stick what do to you the mean? synopsis, guys. He's it's guys. He's kindly it's Man. Obviously, and... it's obviously Santa. It's what is Santa. It? Is that is no. that a fa- <laughs> it's not Santa? No, no. no he's yes. he's Kevin so listen, goes. Wait, wait, could it be? No. There's nothing uh, There's nothing to indicate it beyond that. And that's not even, Sam, I wouldn't even say an indicator. When he says that, he's clearly like saying, this can't be the same guy offering you mystical advice. Not that he's Santa. You've taken a huge <laughs> leap here. You, your brain is half eggnog. I think he might anyway. be a, a Christmas spirit of some sorts, right? I think that's Yeah, like Santa Claus? I don't God, think Santa is so just connected with Christmas. You don't even recognize Santa Claus. And he's staring you in the face. He didn't have a beard or anything, though. Or he certainly wasn't wearing a red suit. He's undercover. So, before we move on, before we move on, I just, I just wanted to say one more thing uh, on the plot synopsis, which is, um, in many ways, the work of a critic is easy. We risk very little, yet enjoy a position over those who offer up their work and themselves to our judgment. We thrive on negative criticism, which is fun to write and read. But the bitter truth we critics must face is that, in the grand scheme of things, the average piece of junk is probably more meaningful than our crit- criticism designating it. So, uh, that's that's a little bit of a soliloquy. Anton Ego, um, and he definitely was not talking about this movie, which is <laughs> far below an average piece of junk. <laughs> far. That was a lot of, I didn't know where you're going with that for some reason. <laughs> the payoff was very enjoyable. <laughs> Well, I thought I thought you were gonna redeem yourself, but okay. If 
if if if Anton Ego had been served this kind of this level of dish by by Remy the Rat, he would have like set the restaurant on fire. He would have <laughs> set the on fire. Um, he could have just called the health inspector because he's a rat. <laughs> All right, Sam. Sam, what's your rebuttal to Andrew's thoughts? Tell us your because you you though Andrew did not veto it, you put this in front of us and made it an option in the holiday movies we we're watching this year. What what did you? How many times have you seen it now? And what are your overall thoughts on it? <laughs> First Good question, questions, Steve. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, it's interesting that AJ is so uh, angry about having to watch this movie given that he he literally literally chose to um i would say so uh to answer your question directly i have seen the princess switch now twice um once was not enough it was that was that was a good uh good uh you know refresher um this movie i mean overall i thought it like struggled a little bit with uh, some of Everything. the f- flaws, yeah, like there were some flaws. Like, <laughs> I didn't love the Cockney accent. Um, is it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, all that is valid criticism. But like at the end of the day, you got, I think, some good emotional tension between the in the love stories. Uh, I think you have. Uh, 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 obviously tons and tons of Christmas spirit and that's what eventually like brings them all back together um, lots of like uh, I was I would say, I'll say this I was unexpected or I was uh, I was surprised by a lot of things that were going to happen or that did happen and I, d- I wasn't expecting to be surprised I was expecting like everything to just sort of be a rehash of the first first one around but like when it turned into a kidnapping heist movie, uh, that was that was great. Uh, and then they they you know they uh, kidnapped the wrong princess. Really good, really good. <laughs> um, and then also like I thought it was a bit um, like they did a better job like actually doing the princess switch this time around. Like the montage scene where they switch everything up was really really solid. Like the first time around, it was just like, oh, like, how do you walk? You walk so crazy. Um, and this time around, it was like, it was like fun, fun montage. Um, also, when Antonio turns out to be a snake in the end, uh, he's basically, uh, what's his name in Frozen? Um, is, that the, is that the chief really of staff? Nice. Is that his Antonio? Yeah, yeah Antonio. Tony. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hated that. I hated that. Um, getting married in an airport, reverse proposal—all of those things were like shocking. I liked how they were turning <laughs> things on their head. Um, so, when you say shocking, uh, were you genuinely like going "whoa" out loud, or are you just like internally slightly shocked when you see that happen? I, I'll describe it like this: I was sitting on the couch and I like saw it happen, and then I gave myself like a little wry smile, and then looked over at my wife, and we were both smiling. <laughs> So, how is it like original and shocking to have a Christmas movie about like nominally about love end in an airport? I mean, like we've literally done two podcast episodes about a movie, a much more famous movie. I mean, I just that's the thing. That's the thing about this Christmas movie is that it takes a trope like that 
and then it turns it on its head with a reverse proposal. <laughs> I don't know if that counts as turning it on its head. No, no. no. Get a priest, getting a latte, he's going to miss his flight to Chicago, I mean, or London. I mean, that's great. It's great. <laughs> so, and Mrs. So, Donatelli, you got a Champions League song at the end. Um, that was really yeah. weird. I really thought it was the Champions League song for a while. <laughs> and you know what the other thing is? Uh, I, so, like, yeah, I could go on about how, like, how this, this movie keeps you on the edge of your seat for a while. But um, I think, we, we, you know, the other thing is that we we can't fail to mention that Vanessa Hudgens is the hardest working woman in Hollywood. I mean, she played three three roles. There's three Hudgies. We can't deny that, Andrew. There are three of them. She's she is in a lot of the movie. I will say, it's what a ninety a tight ninety seven, and she's in ninety of those minutes probably. It's a very untight ninety seven. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely quote, untight. To quote your letterbox review. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she's basically like Tom Hanks in Castaway. You know, there's like there's no movie without her. So I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is n- barely a Christmas movie. I'm gonna make that hot that hot take right now. It's yeah. it the the I it's it's cl- it's set around Christmas and obviously it ends with like some Christmas cheer and stuff. But it's it has so little to do with Christmas. The the Christmas is barely glue that holds it together. Like Christmas is sort of dropped in just to say it's a Christmas movie. I I get why I guess technically accounts because it's included in the movie but i really would i think you know this is a dumb i'm not comparing it to at all but like everyone always argues is die hard a christmas movie there's a thousand times more christmas movie than this is like this is this this is so low on the pantheon of movies that actually have something to do with the substance of christmas so i i just want to echo i want to echo that statement because and i want to push back a little on what you said sam because you said that you praise this for having like all this Christmas spirit, but I think all the Christmas spirit in it is like entirely superficial, um, and 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 like down to the point like, that like, which is the, an argument we've had on this on these these shows episodes with Sam before. Is some of the movies, you know, Sam doesn't always agree, but some of them just do not seem to really care about what Christmas means. Yeah. They just use it as a as a trope as a crutch. Here's my closing argument to the jury. There, but so first, there's two parts. First, the the palace is actually like disgustingly over Christmas. Like you can't even; it's decorated so Christmas that you can't even like see where people are gonna move throughout it. Which I Sam, I know you're gonna like that, but I think you would love that. Yeah, love that. (laughs) But the second part is like where it's it's just like totally a me thinks thou doth protest too much. There's literally a scene where one of Vanessa Hudgens' characters, I don't know, remember which carries into a room a box that literally says Christmas decorations on the side of it. No one has a box that has Christmas decorations like printed on the side of it. Like it's written in like Sharpie marker. It's not like, like it's just trying too hard to make the Christmas connection. And that is because this is written entirely by the Netflix algorithm. I rest my case. I look forward to you putting this movie in Christmas prison. Thank you. <laughs> Just like Fiona, huh? Put it in uh-huh. Christmas prison. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And no, uh, I, Sam, what is your what? What is the box that has your Christmas decorations on it? Does it say Christmas decorations? or Does it say nothing? Uh. Well, assuming that, I mean, so here's the problem with your assumption, uh, Steve. 
Okay. I have like five boxes of Christmas decorations. <laughs> um, so like some of them have the Sharpie on the side. Others are like Rubbermaid containers. Um, I keep my Christmas tree in the box it came from. So anyway, yeah. Uh, yes and no, I guess. Um, AJ, your argument is strong. I, 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 I Like I had a lot of hope for it being more like the first one was way more Christmas centric. Um, like yeah, cause Santa. It's true. Cause, cause true. especially cause like Santa was in it more. Um, no, not, not for that reason, but I agree. <laughs> not I agree. real Santa. Again, this isn't real Santa. This is Sam's prediction of Santa, right? Yeah. The man okay. Sam thinks is Santa, I mean, but is probably just some I other. I agree with your, what you're saying, but not because of your <laughs> logic. <laughs> So when it started out, I was like, okay, strong Christmas decoration montage with lots of looks of longing, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, that's a really good start. Now we have to make sure we progress to the next stage, which is bringing Santa in to guide the characters, right? And then he doesn't show up until the end of the movie. And so, yeah, I generally agree with you. Like, it, it felt more like a heist kidnapping weird thriller rom-com than than the first one did the first one was literally <laughs> thriller oh, no. andrew you think this was a thriller <laughs> uh no i wouldn't put that, <laughs> that weren't you scared for weren't you scared for stacy's life uh no i was actually hoping <laughs> things would get really dark personally but uh <laughs> i mean i wrote in my notes i was like the, logically the only way out of this hand of the kidnapping is to kill stacy right kill like her. There's no other way to do it. Like, if they truly want, you know, obviously that's not going to happen in a children's movie, but but if you were to do this in real life, you'd have to kill her at the end or she would ruin everything. Yeah, it's like the movie Alpha Dog with Justin That would have been the direction where I would have been like, holy shit, this is actually good, but that didn't happen. Um, wow. I didn't even think about that. You guys are have cold black hearts. Mm. <laughs> well, we, we know that. No, so, I, yeah, so I, wanted, I can't. I can't disagree yeah. with you because, especially because the first one was so focused on Christmas. They were buying toys for orphans. They were reading stories to them at Christmas. Like this had none of that. It yeah. was like the that Christmas sounds concert exponentially more Christmassy. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. So okay, we found the chord there. You won that argument. <laughs> it's, it's just like a veneer of like Christmas, literally, literally Christmas decorations over like a very bad romantic comedy slash uh mistaken identity situation and it's it's not good it's just not good and um you know i guess like i we've talked about this a lot but like to me the christmas spirit is not about decorations obviously it's 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 got to be much more than that it's got to be like the Ebenezer Scrooge story, the you know the, the it's a wonderful life story, which we'll get to, um, or like Christmas story, the next movie we're gonna do, yeah. literally yeah. about like what happens around Christmas. Yeah, and and what it's what it's really about, which is like, like this movie is like, oh, it's it's kind of a very very bad love actually, which is like Christmas and love and those things go together, which I don't think is the true Christmas spirit. I, I honestly find that like Sam, I know you, you get caught up in the Christmas spirit and I appreciate that. Like when we present 
you know, uh, inescapable facts, you usually concur with us <laughs> and, and, you know, and own up to the movie's uh, falseness. But I get offended when I, we, now that we watch a bunch of these movies, when they do ones that tie Christmas and love together without doing any of the work. And they just be like, Christmas yep. is about love. It's like, no, it's not. Like, it sort of is because joyous good times and, and giving and caring and helping out your fellow man is love to a certain extent but like when they just tie it say christmas and romantic love are always one and two i just don't understand i just think that's so lazy and stupid like it makes me i would like this movie a lot more and i wouldn't like it very much but certainly more if it just didn't try and and make that really tenuous link you know if it just was a dumb switching movie i'd be like cool they're switching there's a lot of hudgies like it's just it's just i i think it's i I, i'm sure other people feel differently but i just for me it's just it's totally in the garbage from that point on once i realized that's what i was trying to do yeah 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 because I, like I say, I want to, now that we've done a bunch of these movies, the good ones, like, like we sort of sort of saying, I want to see people emphasize the, the, the genuine joy and, and happiness someone like you feels on Christmas. But when I see stuff like this, it just reminds me how manufactured and trite it all is and how embarrassing it can be. And so it makes my cold, evil heart grow ten sizes because I can't help mm-hmm. but remember the commercialism and the bullshit and all the stuff that takes away from the, from the happy stuff, the real stuff. I think the thing I would add to it is like the and the fundamental tension and why we've gotten such hay, made such hay out of this this podcast series every year <laughs> like is basically like you got to have some standards right and like I think actually what I'm hearing Sam say is like actually I do have standards <laughs> and and like this movie doesn't meet them and and really like what we're just debating is like what what are the standards of a good Christmas movie and like you know, it's like this one doesn't meet it. And I think maybe Love Actually is like one of the movies where it's like that's the line for Steve and I and, and our calculus is different than than um, than Sam's, which is like interesting. I mean, like because I, I do and I've said this a million times on this on this over the years, like I do love a good Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. I just am very particular about. Well, like, uh, it, it, yeah, so. I mean, you don't think that there are as many good Christmas movies as there actually are, which is another problem. But yeah, okay. I take your point about you liking some very way too narrow subset of Christmas movies. Yes. (laughs) And so um, on, you know, I I contrast this movie with uh, the other Netflix movie, uh, one of the other Netflix holiday movies that came out, which is Holiday, which is... Uh, you know, definitely way above my threshold, right? For what a good Christmas movie is, and it's like, like it's not good, right? It's not a good movie. It's like trite and uh, like emotionally unsatisfying. But uh, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, <laughs> but it still meets your standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent meets my standards because, like, what I. Because what I want to do during the Christmas season is like feel slightly nostalgic or connected to Christmas and sit on the couch with my wife while it's cold outside and like sipping like a, a eggnog while, you know, I look at my all my Christmas decorations and like but the movie has to evoke at least something with regard to Christmas. And Holiday is a good example of a movie that does that, which is that like the entire story is structured around, uh, it's so stupid, uh, a single woman who 
goes home for the holidays and doesn't have a date and it, and her sisters and mother are horrible to her about it. And so she like makes a deal with a guy to be the holiday, right? Uh, for like a year for all the holidays. And like, that's an example of like, it's, it's a Christmas movie and then it spans the whole year and then comes back to a conclusion on Christmas. And it's fantastic. Like as a Christmas movie, uh, it's not a fantastic movie. Um, but it like did the job, you know, I watched that in, in mid November and I was like, okay, we're, we're, we're hitting the season, you know? I think it's just a person. I don't think we're ever going to find common ground with Sam on this one. I just, I hear you and I know you mean it and I, I get where you're coming from. I don't think it's like deranged necessarily, but I necessarily is a key word in the sense, but I, I just can't relate. Like I just don't, I watch this movie and maybe it's because Andrew and I are just more nitpicky in general. Maybe Christmas is only part of it. I just can't watch something like this and, and take anything away from it of value. You know, like actually, well, I, I will just, I, well, I will say one thing I did kind of like was I, I think I disagree with both of you guys, or at least with Andrew. I thought Vanessa Hudgens was pretty good in this. I thought she, it's a stupid role. It has no <laughs> real way to, it, but oh I thought she, God. she tried her best and you... she was charming. She's best as an American. I can agree with AJ wow. on that piece. I also think she... You don't like her uh, her Peter Dinklage, uh, Lannister, Tyrion Lannister, her British accent? I mean, no, Razor Crane, a little no lilt. Charisma. <laughs> she has no charisma. I, that is an insane person's opinion. I mean, <laughs> I don't I, know. So all the things Sam said are an insane person's opinion? <laughs> Just mine? I didn't say that, but I, I, I'm now putting you over into the, you know, just like leave it to the people. Okay. People listening, go watch, except for Lindsay, go watch, go watch princess switch one and two. And then, you know, see if you agree with Steve, Steve's praise of like that great thespian, uh, I thought she was fine. I thought there were, I thought she had a spark to her. I thought she tried her best. I thought she knew what kind of movie she was making and did an okay Tried job. Her best. Wow. All right. So I think Sam's pulling you in his direction. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, it's not as painful. You know, AJ, I think you're being a little down on this movie. Like, it's not as painfully act- acted as a Hallmark movie. I mean, I, sorry, Steve. I know you have no frame of reference. <laughs> but it, it, it's the only reason we're talking about bad. this movie. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> Like all the actors are serviceable. Um, yeah, I guess I would agree with that. That's I really, I really, I can't tell. Like, they, I suppose they are serviceable. They're they're also really unmemorable, and I don't know any of the characters, or any of the details, or anything like that. Like, all I know is Hudgies. That's all I, I know. They're just I do. supposed to be. They're supposed to be hot. That's all. They're, they're just I, I all do. supposed to be attractive. I do think this gets Steve in the neighborhood of a Hallmark movie, though, especially and especially because of Kindly Man slash Elf Man, who you claim is Santa Claus. But <laughs> is that a Hallmark that's staple? A Hallmark, that's a very Hallmark. Is there always, is there a mystical presence often who who having like seen one, having seen one Hallmark movie that feels like a very Hallmark movie Hallmark, you might say, uh, uh, where it's just like there's just a character that is just a day of ex machina essentially like <laughs> and probably probably all <laughs> uh, probably frequently is santa himself right yeah at least not it's it's, it's not impossible that it's just santa showing up and, and solving problems i think there's one 
Hallmark movie where it's like the like it's called like my dad is Santa Claus or something. And <laughs> she like she like discovers that her dad is Santa Isn't Claus. Isn't that just the Santa Claus? Yes. Or Noel. Their their names are a lot more opaque though. My dad is Santa Claus really gets right to the core of the issue. <laughs> yeah. Wonder what that movie's about. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, wait. I have a couple other notes. I really wanted to yeah, talk about. Yeah, well, there's a lot of random things we need to talk about, but yeah. So you've already yeah. done 30 minutes on the Princess Switch too. Uh, no, there's a lot of random notes here, Steve. I, I have two quotes I want to. I want, let's say Sam's got a long list of it. I want to hear all, all right, Sam's right, thoughts. Right, yeah. Okay. Um, a flower fight. Like who yeah. fights with flower? That was yeah. so dumb. That was weird. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she's like not actually dirty with flour after when she goes to meet with Tony. It's, it's just ridiculous. That's a that's a continuity um, issue. That's an IMDb goof right there. Um, I liked the uh, representation for the gay community in this movie. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it, uh, but that was solid. Um, there were two men dancing at a ball together. It was very, very 2020. Um, wow groundbreaking yeah really pushing the envelope to get acceptance um i wrote so i wrote early on that antonio is an evil snake and i got the payoff and i wrote later for myself i knew antonio was a snake Um, how did you know how did you know uh he's yeah okay it's the because of frozen i've watched frozen (laughs) Um, I yeah, again, very confused by the Cockney accent. Like the British accent is one thing because, like, you know, they cast Romans as British people, but like the Cockney accent in uh, Montanaro, what is what is going on? Uh, that was crazy. Um, and then the biggest note that I had was that they just Omar Epps Olivia. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, that's what oh, so Olivia was a like different, uh, different yeah. little girl in the first one. Yeah, yeah. and and I, I thought in in two she's significantly worse. I actually, yes. I thought I thought Allie and I when, when Allie and I were watching it, I was like, oh man, this sucks. Like the kid must have grown up to be like a little ganglier and just like a little shittier and like not cute anymore. And that's just like you know, and they stuck with her. It's a shame. I am blown away that they recast her and she was still that awkward looking and bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's a much worse actress. I wrote the Omar Epster, what a, and also much worse actress. Wow. Yeah. Great. Agree totally. I'm glad you called that out, Sam. Like she's actually charming in the first one. The shit actor. Yeah. Oh, that's why like, don't just run it back. That's part. wow. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend all night investigating this. She got. So you're maybe she got just the one. <laughs> that's true. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Um. Right. Yeah. That's pretty much it. All right, so I'm gonna, I, I got to go through my, my notes. Um, uh, yeah, I had multiple notes. I, I first note was really upset about the replacement of the daughter. Uh, so I just want to echo that point. Um, I, really, the other one I really want to shout about is just like fuck royal, royals. Like I, I have no use for royals. It doesn't interest me. I, I guess that's maybe 
me being an American. Especially which, when they're presented so like benignly <laughs> and even pleasantly, and be like, "Look, they're, they're just horrible. people like you." It's like, no, they're rich and and insufferable. Yeah, and I don't care about their problems. I want them all to be beheaded. Uh, one of the things that I, Sam, I wanted to talk about the other change from like one to two, it, uh, is the change of the role of Frank, um, who is like the counterpart to Mrs. Donatelli, uh, mm. is played by Mark Fleischman, who is a person, um, <laughs> and like I think in, I recognized him, but I don't know. In in Princess Switch one, he has like big Tim Curry and Home Alone two energy, where he's like out to get everyone else and I, I liked his character a lot more in this one he's just like a complete buffoon so i thought that was kind of interesting well, yeah um, he's the sexed up he's sexed up butler yeah yeah he's like a total idiot with no plan though in, in two but in one he's like tim curry in home alone two basically that's the best way i can describe him um yeah I agree and then with that. and then what else it was Oh, the last thing I want to talk about, uh, which is like the very end when they're like at the in the church or whatever. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that despite like the people of Montanaro being like progressive and shit, that it's revealed at the very end that there's a fucking dungeon, and that they were gonna send them to the dungeon. Like what? What a dungeon? It's 2020. Did you guys pick up on that? I thought that was crazy. I mean, you see, you still got Dundon sitting around. What are you going to do? Pave over them? Like, fill them in? Like, they're just there. Good point. I, no, I assume you'd call them, like, a black site or something, you know? Like, uh, it's a euphemism. Oh, is, is the term of the, is the use of the old-timey word dungeon what, what threw you then? Like, do they still call it the dungeon openly? Well, yeah, because dungeon has, like, a very specific connotation to me personally, which is, like, it's subterranean and we're going to like chain you to the wall, you know, whereas like, I feel like in Montanaro, they're going to waterboard you essentially. So I don't know. <laughs> it felt, it, it just felt like uh, a bit of a, 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 one of the scripting errors of very, very many in this film. So I just throw that there. Yeah. I don't I, think Robin Bernheim Berger and Megan Metzger <laughs> put a lot of, did a ton of passes on this one, you know? <laughs> I was shocked that they didn't put her in the dungeon earlier. I got like, how is Fiona skating out of this? Like, I know she's family, but she was able to like, come to the wedding. Got, she was just all chained you, up, right? Yeah, you gotta throw her and keep her in prison. She was like, committing she numerous to murders. Treason. Treason. It, it, you're said, right. It was treason. They literally said treason. What's the punishment? They should have be. They should have beheaded her. According, if they have a dungeon, they definitely have an executioner. I should be there. It was some light treason. It's fine, you know, no big deal. <laughs> they should have had Mrs. Donatelli uh, chop off her head with an axe. <laughs> I would have bumped it up a full star if that's how it ended. <laughs> well, Is see, Mrs. Donatelli, just the mountain. Like I... <laughs> <laughs> well, see, Sam, you know they can't do that though because now that they've you know proven with with. With CGI movie magic, they can do three Hudgies. We're just getting four Hudgies in two years, so they can't kill off one of the Hudgies. We're just going to keep adding them on and see how far we can go. Okay, Uh, a couple of things uh, uh, are big outstanding questions for the future of the Princess Switch franchise. Um, (laughs) The Belgravian Cinematic Universe. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
Like, what do they do next? I mean, the obvious move would be to go four Hudgies, but I, <laughs> I think, think I think the three existing Hudgies have to team up against a like ultimate evil Hudgies. Well, okay. Well, what if you the know what? Prince the, the other body double, you know. Maybe oh, a the... male switch. Oh, that's Andrew's probably right. That's what they're gonna do. Ooh, like they're gonna they're gonna good. do some switching because boys can switch too. It's not just a girl thing. Mm-hmm. Sure can. Well, the other road to go down, and the one that like uh, a lot of these Christmas movies do is they they bring in the baby element, right? Yeah. But that that's gonna be problematic. Because one guy is like a pale white dude, and the other is a black dude, so I don't know how that's gonna work. So maybe it's maybe it's dudes. Yeah. You think Hudgies? You think Hudgies would let uh, you know uh, uh, Kevin or Edward uh, try and steal her limelight like that though? I don't know. She's a producer on this too, so she's got more clout than we know. If she wants four Hudgies, she's getting four Hudgies. <laughs> They can't stop her. Uh, um, I'm I am a little concerned as we talk through this that uh, we have made this movie sound too appealing and that people are going <laughs> to actually watch it. I don't know. I think I think that's possible because I am enjoying this conversation. But I think the second you put this on, <laughs> ten minutes in, you'd be like, "Wait, I this is way more fun to talk about than it is to watch." You know, this is a joy to debate and to discuss the the Princess Switch universe. But to to actually consume it is is a lot of effort. I mean, I I will say I, I don't. These as bad as these movies are, and I need to reiterate that. Like uh, having done this for a while, it is fun sometimes to watch a movie like this uh, and then savage it. Uh, I think. Um, I mean, you know, we don't have time yeah. for this conversation, but it is the issue with Netflix overall that everything yeah. just feels replaceable and forgettable. And then yeah. I think that that's fine when you're watching Princess Switch too, but when you're watching a like David Fincher movie or a Spike Lee movie, <laughs> like sometimes those yeah. just not that they're still not really good, but it's easy to forget that you're watching like art as compared to a Mike Roll movie, you know? Like, I think it's just very... I think it's just... You forget what you're consuming because everything feels the same. Like you said, everything is algorithmy as hell, so the things that are, are genuine works uh, are tough to stand out. Yeah, Netflix is great for uh, putting a movie on and looking at your phone. Yeah. The whole time. <laughs> it really is. So, Sam, do you, do you think, as a connoisseur of the Hallmark movies. And I, it's the big question, like from a, in an all seriousness movie business sense, do you think Netflix is going to begin to supplant Hallmark? Like in the context, like I was even like scrolling through and I think there was, it was like called the night, the night before Christmas with a K, which also had Vanessa Hudgens in it. I believe if I was, and it was also on Netflix. So I I guess I, I asked that broader question of like, is Netflix coming for Hallmark? And probably the answer is yes. But Wow, so, this is this is Hudgens, you're right, Andrew. Wow. That was our Christmas movie last year. Yeah, wow. but I mean you know, they're like pumping out just with Vanessa Hudgens like a movie a year, basically, right? So um, <laughs> yeah. I think that uh Netflix doesn't realize the fight they've started with Hallmark. Um, <laughs> this is like, like they're coming in strong, but uh, 
I think that they even Netflix spends too much time on producing movies uh, to compete with the deluge that Hallmark uh, produces. Which is truly impressive in a like, negative way. Like, the thing about Netflix is that, you know, they still take time to, you know, make actual movies that normal people watch also around Christmas. Like, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I, I don't even know if I put Christmas Chronicles 2 in that bucket, but, like, I definitely put Klaus in there, and I put Jingle the Jingle Jingle. Is Jingle Jangle. Yeah, yeah. Really good, actually, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. like, they're, you know, they're expending a lot of... Uh, resources on those things and they're just not uh churning out as much shit you know yeah it's a fascinating we talked about it last year like i don't know where the christmas wars are gonna go from a streaming standpoint but netflix surely seems committed to at least getting a piece of the pie for themselves Uh, yeah they got that but Hallmark, then, in this context, is just like Steve Bannon of the situation, which is like flood the zone with shit, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, like Hallmark has a tried and true uh, business model. You know, they know how, they know what's going to resonate with their audience. Okay, yeah, and which Netflix is flooding is, the zone with shit. Yeah, Netflix right. is a challenger brand, and they're just not going to be able to do it as. Uh, you know, the, it, the, this whole story about overtaking is not, it, it doesn't always uh, play out in the way that you think it would. I think okay. Sam's right. And just that, just because Hallmark has, like you said, it's just a nonstop barrage, whereas Netflix is just so flat overall. And if you want to find Christmas films, you can find a ton of them, but they're also buried under like a million other pieces of content, you know? So unless Netflix spins off some sort of Christmas centric branch, which I mean, I'm, I'm curious to see if that's what the future holds for them. If they somehow try and parcel these things out into different categories more explicitly, maybe offering offshoots as I don't know what the hell would, that would be, but for now, like the, the Hallmark brand is so tied to just endless Christmas schlock that I think Netflix is the home for some of it, but it'll never be the home for enough to really compete. Compete in quotes in like very very small type because uh, who well, cares? I'm not I'm not really arguing with you guys, but I think a you know underestimate Netflix as your own at your own peril as we've all learned you know for the last ten years. But but b like just scrolling through there, like I think I think there's just there's there there's a lot of like they're literally doing a Hudgens movie a year related to Christmas right now, their current clip. So I I do feel like it, there is a exponential growth thing going on <laughs> with Netflix right now that like uh, we might wake up in 2021 or 2022 and go, oh, they're just they've supplanted Hallmark now. And in terms of of just you know pure reach, like I imagine the Prince of Switch Switch again audience dwarfs anything. You know, Hallmark is done just because everyone has Netflix now and everyone likes Christmas. And I bet this movie has been watched by 12 million people, you know, 15 million people, something crazy like that, because it's just easy watching. Like we've been saying all along, like even though it kind of sucks or a lot of sucks, it's easy to put on in the background and just let play. And that technically counts as watching. Yeah, even less than that. Just putting it on counts as watching, probably. (laughs) But uh, according to Netflix internal metrics, but um, you know, yeah, I, I don't know though. Like, I, I, 
here's my thing with Hallmark. You know what you're going to get. You know when to get it. You know where to go to get it. And I was browsing I was browsing Netflix earlier this year or earlier in the season and I was having a difficult time finding holiday content. You know, I was like, I don't know, early November and like and I was like, where are all the Christmas movies, you know? And As you do I think it's in early November. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, what the heck, you know? Yep. So I think that's something that uh, Netflix is gonna have is gonna struggle with. You know, they got lots of stuff coming out, and it's, yeah, it's paradox of choice on Netflix. But Hallmark does not have that problem. That's yeah. very true. Do you, do you want do you want the holiday schlock or the Oscar babe? You decide. They have a yeah, it's a classic branding <laughs> yeah. problem, I suppose. Yeah. Trying to be all things to all people. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see where that goes, but I will say we've talked for 50 minutes right now about the Princess Switch Switch again. So I think we should spare our listeners any more of this because this is almost the tight 97, the untight 97 that you get from the movie itself. But if you want to find out for yourself whether this is something worth watching, whether you get enjoyment out of it, pop it on. You have Netflix, like we were saying. It's uh, It can be consumed quite easily. So if you want to give it a shot, at the very least, it'll provide some fun context to our very enjoyable ramblings that we've gone on for, for tonight. So give that a shot. Or you can just jump to the next movie we're going to be talking about, which is A Christmas Story, which is very exciting because that is a genuinely good movie that has stood the test of time and is beloved by all. And... Andrew, it'll be very nice to cleanse our palate a little bit and go back to something that we enjoy. Yeah, a hundred percent. Although I, I may have fewer notes. Yes, so. it probably will be a comparatively like a seventeen-minute episode because we'll just say it was great, it was fun. There's the leg, yeah. there's the sled. You know, the end. <laughs> Movie's over. Fragile. Oh my god. <laughs> I do think we'll have to plumb the depths a little of how it fits because it doesn't. The Christmas story doesn't fit to me in that classic like Grinch, you know, Scrooge sort of redemptive. Uh, it's also it frame, also so. feels like the kind of movie that they should have tr- you know should have been able to remake a million times over, just updated for each uh, yeah. era, and they never really have. Like nothing else has ever really taken. Like I think of like Jingle All the Way and stuff like that. It's like somewhat attempts to recreate that general idea of like it's Christmas and you want. Well, I guess that's much more Schwarzenegger centric, but still like the idea of <laughs> of experiencing Christmas and enjoying it and wanting something and and capturing the the parlance of the times and all that. Like it's very odd that they've never been able to really do that again. And that this one is really. Everybody likes it so much, even though it's so old now, and it still has airs, and everybody enjoys it. So we really need to get to the bottom of what we think makes that a reality, which sounds like a way better conversation to me than is Hudgies good or bad. You know, I think I'm really excited for a nice, substantial bit of chatter. Yeah, but it'll probably be a tight 30 on that one. (laughs) Yeah, much shorter. (laughs) That's okay. That's not the end of the world. So... Go watch that movie. We will be talking about it in the very, very near future. And, of course, if you want the rest of our episodes, you can find them at inrealdeep.com, including our 100th episode on Citizen Kane that Andrew and I did. It's not Christmas-centric. There is snow. There is a sled. So I guess there's a Christmas (laughs) element to Citizen Kane as well. If we're counting this movie as Christmas, Princess Switch, we might as well count Citizen Kane too, right? 
in year 27 when we're looking for christmas movies to watch we'll go back to <laughs> citizen kane will be on the list yeah. uh we'll make sure to add that to the list so there you go thank you sam thank you andrew love it great chatter always makes me so happy the christmas season is coming i can feel it whenever we talk and thank you all so much for listening we'll be seeing you further on up the road adios Soon will come our way, Santa very soon will come our way.